0: I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on the Open Mind. You can follow us at Open Mind TV, and you can support our series on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/The Open Mind. If you are in the mood for the absolutely most decadent, moistest pastrami in all of this land of the United States, you have to check out Ugly Drum, the creation of my guest today. It is his brainchild. Um, Chef, owner, Eric Black, thank you so much for being on with me today.
1: Hi there. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Eric, um, I know that you have served your pastrami from coast to coast, uh, from sea to shining sea in New York, uh, California. You have experienced the majority of the pandemic building out your business. Um, Can you tell our listeners who might not be familiar with Ugly Drum about the genesis of this project?
1: Yeah, so um, the first question people always ask is what what does ugly drum mean? And it's it's ugly drum is a uh, it's a name for a home built smoker that you build yourself uh, out of a you know dirty old fifty uh, gallon drum and some old used grills and. And people just kind of throw them together, but they work great. And I thought it was a, uh, fantastic name for uh, a barbecue pop-up, which I started, um, it's been a while now, maybe about eight years ago. And, um, so that's ugly drum is a, a barbecue concept and it started as a a pop-up meaning that I was just doing events out of friends restaurants here and there and um, it was just straight ahead Texas barbecue with brisket and hot links and ribs and um, and I slowly moved into uh, sandwiches and uh, just kind of luckily happened Kind of, kind of a happy accident with with the uh, smoked pastrami, and um, that's that's the genesis of it. And so I, but it really kind of got going about 20, I'd say 2016, when um, a food event, Smorgasburg, which you've got in, uh, it started in Brooklyn, they brought the event out here to Los Angeles and I was invited as a vendor. And so then I had a permanent weekly Sunday tent. And that's really kind of how people got to know Ugly Drum and uh, my pastrami sandwich.
0: And when you were feeding folks here at Smorgasburg and the boroughs of New York City, were you based here
1: no, yeah. So I I was not involved with uh the Brooklyn Smorgasburg. Um that uh, when they opened up out here they uh they partnered with um uh a local uh um person Zach Brooks who who kind of was in charge of curating and finding small uh small little local vendors that maybe didn't have a brick and mortar and uh and so he reached out and and contacted me to, to he knew he knew of me from the pop ups that I had been doing. But I I wasn't involved with the book but I knew about it. And uh, uh but I I was uh really just started in twenty sixteen every Sunday uh doing going to downtown LA and setting up a tent and setting up a table and more or less just carving pastrami to order and cutting bread to order and kind of trying to do something which I felt is hard to find but you have there uh which you know I think is kind of the the paradigm is Katz's Deli where um People that I know you, you go in and it's, it's maybe one of the oldest restaurants in, in the country still operating, but it's got, um, kind of the best, best one of the, the best pastrami's in the country for sure and one of the best delis in the country. And it's, it's a great experience where you go up and you order from your deli cutter, your sandwich and you get to see your sandwich built to order right in front of you and the meat it's hot and steaming and and they carve it and you get a little bite. And I thought that would be a great thing to do here. And that's kind of what I tried to replicate at, at Smorgasburg.
0: So imagine um, going to the deli counter, but you're just walking over to your microwave and you are heating up Eric's <laughs> Um But I have to say, Eric... I've had second Avenue deli. I've had Katz's, and a whole lot of other pastrami and no offense to them. (laughs) Let's honor their heritage, but yours blows them out of the water in terms of, like I said, from the outset, tenderness, decadence. I mean, you have to be ready to eat something like a, like a brisket pulled pork with that, that is oozing with flavor. Um, and then you basically give folks who order from you the option to slice and carve as you see fit. If you wanted a thicker or thinner slab, that's your choice. But you just recently refurbished and built the smoker, the, the beast, you call it, which is yeah. what allows you to have the best pastrami in the United States of America. So how do you do it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's so yeah, being very, very small uh kind of allowed me so it was it was kind of a side project, right? Where I was just going on Sundays and uh you know, I had a, a, a day job um where I was um uh, working for for a barbecue restaurant here, Blood Says Bar and Q, which has some of the best barbecue in, in LA. Um but I was working for them and they let me use the smoker to make a little bit. So I was making a very small amount, which, and I do everything. So to, you know, it's kind of unfair to, to uh, compare where, you know, I can, I can baby everything, every aspect of the business. You know, I was, I was, you know, smoking it. I was selecting the briskets. Maybe I wasn't choosing uh, the most economical cuts. I was, you know, I'm buying USDA prime, which is fattier. I've, you know, so it's, it's just tons of cost that I can kind of get away with when it's small. Um, and so over the past year, when everything shut down, including smorgasburg, um, you know, almost exactly a year ago. Right. Uh, it, I had kind of nowhere to bottom out to because it was, I didn't have employees. I didn't have a lease. I didn't have, uh, you know, all of the, all the things, it was just myself and I could, uh, continue to kind of still make, uh, a small, small amount. It's, you know, it, it's truly kind of just an artisanal product. Um, And so over the past year, I was able to not just make the same amount that I was making before, but actually increase the volume, uh, because I had partnered with, uh, Goldbelly, which if, you know, if, if, if you're, if your listeners haven't checked out, that's where I'm featuring, uh, Ugly Drum. That's where I have a shop page is on, Gold Belly and uh, that's that's where you can order these slabs of, of pastrami or there's some sandwich kits. I'm going to be adding more product but I was able to make as much product and move as much uh, that I was selling at Smorgasburg over Gold Belly over the year which was just kind of a, a, a real um, you know it was a lifeline and it was um, you know, very, very, very lucky and fortunate to, to kind of have that option to, to move into. And that's still kind of all I'm doing at this point. And I've moved into a new space where I can now, you know, I've, I'm, towards the end of the year with, with Goldbilly, it was, in fact, it got so busy that I, if he went on to, to purchase items, it was, people were like hey it's sold out it's sold out cuz i just couldn't i couldn't make enough but now i've i've moved into a new space and i like you said i've i just upgraded from my my ugly drum to a nice big uh smoker that i had shipped in from to so a beautiful a drum rather <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a be- <laughs> it's a very nice expensive drum but um, besides but upgrading it's great
0: besides upgrading to a, a beautiful drum or a drum that can, a beast that can accommodate the yeah. orders that you're getting every day on Gold Belly, what else did you have to do in terms of securing any aspects of um, the, the meat itself uh, or any of the yeah. kind of connected tissue of your product?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, purchasing So really, if people want to imagine, they may know pastrami from you know if you're fortunate to to live in Los Angeles or or I hear there's some you know there's catses and like you said uh, Second Avenue the, the the delis make a pastrami that's you know a certain cut that's a naval cut and so if you if you know that product and you know what pastrami is, this is kind of a, a, if you took that and you married it with Texas brisket barbecue, which I think people are pretty familiar with now, which is a bigger cut. It's a, a, a bigger roast. It's kind of fattier in the right places. Um, and being barbecue, you cook it differently. It's, it's smoked completely as opposed to at, as at at delis where you maybe get a pastrami and you steam it, which is an excellent way to do it. It's just a different, uh, different gives it a different layer of flavor when I'm smoking it completely for say 14, 14 hours. Uh, It gets a much heavier barbecue smoke and um And barbecue is always better, more tender. And so, uh, you know, barbecue is fall apart meat. So it's just, it's literally like you, you were saying, how do you, how do you get it to where it's just that, you know, kind of falling apart, moist, um, product? It's just time in the smoker. And literally I had a batch that I I smoked the other day and they took 17 hours to cook and um you know until until they're done they're not done you just kind of keep feeding more wood into the smoker and uh, and eventually the the fat and the connective tissue which make the the pastrami kind of tough to begin with kind of start melting and falling apart and right at that perfect moment when that starts happening is when it's done and um, and then I'm ready to go. I'm ready to either start carving it up and serving it. Or I, you know, I, I chill them down. I package them up and freeze them, which by the way, they, because of all that, uh, um, there's, there's, there's so much kind of inner muscular, uh, fat and, and other kind of good stuff. It it doesn't dry out in the freezer. It just, it stays, once you reheat it, it it's really nice and, and juicy still.
0: Your business, as we discussed, Eric, was perfectly situated for this pandemic uh, in the sense of a pop-up, a virtual pop-up station where you can mail your pastrami all over the country. Uh, do you feel as though... One year into this pandemic, your imagination in conceiving this uh, is being emulated successfully. And, and moreover, do you feel as though if this pandemic continues with people's trepidation about going into congregated spaces, that do you feel as though your model can be sustained you know, well beyond this year.
1: Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great question. I'm I'm uh, I'm very curious. <laughs> um, yeah, so the 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 business model for restaurants had been taking had been moving into this kind of online world already, you know, where, you know, this is the the Amazon age where people shop and purchase and, and this is kind of how how you buy things are online. And that had started to happen even with, with restaurants, with, with all the delivery apps and the, the, what we call third party delivery uh, services like Grubhub and Caviar and Chow Now and Um, and that kind of had already been working its way into the industry for the past, I'd say three years or so. And this kind of the pandemic really kind of just kicked it over the edge where that's all that was really left. Um, And so, I mean, I think there's a crystal ball kind of, uh try, trying to figure out like what, what happens once it's you know people are able to go back to 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 dime in and w- what will the industry look like at at that point and that's you know i think everyone's trying to figure that out right now in the restaurant world I know a lot of chefs and they're all you know it's it's a million dollar question on what what the landscape will look like i My guess is that, you know, the online shopping aspect of it is not going to go away. But, um, and so I think, but I think, I think it will, obviously it won't be the only thing that's there, which like there is as it is right now, but, um, I think you'll have a mix and, um, for myself, it's still having been so small, it's, I can, there's a lot of room for me to grow. And especially with a national audience where, uh, unlike Smorgasburg, it was whoever was in the area, uh, who'd show up on a Sunday in Los Angeles. Mind you, it was still pretty good traffic, you know, that we'd have 10,000 people come through, uh, to the whole event. Um, This is, you know, millions of people are online and it's, you know, I'm shipping out boxes to Florida, to Utah, to New York, to Massachusetts, to, um, Texas even. And, uh, so I think, uh, I think that will, I'm, I'm expecting that to, to, to grow for myself, for my own, uh, business. And I'm going to start adding, weekend pop-ups where you know maybe smorgasburg hasn't reopened yet but um i'll have kind of more of an in-person uh hot hot ready to eat option as well so i think people have to kind of i think the, the two things feed each other um you know gold belly wouldn't have Been interested in in necessarily my brand and my business if I hadn't already established kind of a some kind of physical presence and so I think I think the two things kind of are are important to uh, feed each other in some ways. So what's your sense?
0: What's your sense, Eric? Given that both of us have been in hot zones, the the whole United States has been a seething. Hot zone of yeah. COVID. What's your sense from dialoguing with other culinary proprietors, restaurant owners, GMs, and residents, and you know, potential consumers about the state of indoor dining? Um, you know, is there even with sanctions lifted? is there enough appetite literally in visiting inside of restaurants?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I think it's going to be, I think people are so over being cooped up and chomping at the bit to go out. And I, I mean, you'd see it even when the States started relaxing in certain counties and uh you know people would kind of step too far over and they're they're just eager to to get out and uh to socialize and to not be cooped up and so i i think it's gonna i think initially it it will be a big um i think there's gonna be a lot of interest and and especially i mean it it's it you know vaccinations are, are, are coming through and, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm in the queue for tomorrow to get my first shot, which is pretty amazing. And, uh, I'm kind of can't hardly believe it, but, uh, yeah, food, food workers have just been phased in starting today, literally for, for, uh, for for their rounds of vaccination, so I think I think things will have changed for sure in terms of what businesses are still around and maybe how people think about how to run their business. Um, but I think from a customer perspective, um, it. It's a tough one. I, I, I imagine. I don't know. My, my my gut instinct is is people will will quickly kind of let down their guard. You know, for 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 good or for bad. I mean, it's you know obviously we need to still be super cautious and um you know what what I'll probably start doing will be continue to be kind of a, a, you know, a curbside pickup kind of service, not an in-person, uh, you know, people lining up to see me cut, you know, sandwiches to order, but maybe you go online, you, you pre-order it. And then I'm, I give you a time slot and then, you know, you pull up, you text me, I run out and you've got, you know, your are hot, ready to eat food, but it's, it's it'll be a little different.
0: Well, that's the future, um, and I was going to say yeah. that's also the present. But your model yeah. has taught a lot of people that culinary artisans like yourself are capable of preparing the highest echelon quality to deliver directly to you. In addition to the pickup service, but depending upon if and when vaccinations are fully implemented and at, you know, capacity. uh, The pickup service model and the delivery model have proven, especially with the delivery model, that you don't need to go out to experience something or you don't need to fly somewhere to experience something that you might be able to pick up from UPS or FedEx. And I want to give you the final word on that, Eric.
1: Yeah, no, I I think... You know, convenience, I mean, getting something shipped straight to your house, that is, I think people have learned, uh, people, people want that. People want convenience. People want, want that for sure. And, um, that's not going to go away. That's going to continue to be more and more, uh, an aspect of, of, you know, fine, you know, Chef driven restaurants, as well as, you know, small mom and pop places too. I mean, I think uh, everyone's, uh, can't, you know, I think one lesson is that, you know, you can't, you can't, you you have to be ready to kind of pivot and, and have a lot of different, uh, options open because, you know, things just change so fast and you kind of have to be ready to adapt.
0: You have adapted and helped us adapt. Um, Thank Thank you you. for your insight and your story. Please check out Eric's Ugly Drum and now his beautiful drum, but Ugly Drum is the way to get there. (laughs) Thank you, Eric.
1: Thanks so much.